Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is the Bourbon Road. And once again, Mike, we are in Tennessee at Leaper's Fork Distillery in the beautiful town of Leaper's Fork slash Franklin, right? Yeah, I think the address here is Franklin, Tennessee. Um, But heck, we just went down the road, went to Puckett's. Uh, Listeners, if you haven't been to Leaper's Fork, it is like a throwback to to the 50s, I'd say. They got like a, I would say... A Mayberry car out there. Yeah, that old, Barney Fife. Barney Fife's police cars out there. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting out there waiting for you. But we went to Puckett's. Uh, you had a fried bologna sandwich. Slab of damn bologna on mm. that. I had a fried bologna sandwich and a BLT. I was, I was a bit hungry today, but that that slab of bologna I think was two inches thick. Now I know our northerner listeners they might not know about fried bologna, but if you haven't had some before. That's a pure South thing, right? That's about South as it gets, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't, we, we got an expert here on the South. We do. So, <laughs> yeah, we are here at Leaper's Fork. Um, we got two special bottles of whiskey we're going to taste today and, and, and uh, sip on. But, you know, our guest today here in the uh, Steelhouse Sessions is Chris Thomas from Made South. Chris, welcome to the show. Guys, I appreciate you having me. And uh, I know you're both veterans. And not to be like all weird or anything, but I want to thank you for your service to the country. Like I'm a patriot. I know you guys are patriots and I appreciate what you've done for the country. It's always nice to hear. I, I, I listen humbly when I get told that. And I am proud of my service. And I know Mike's proud of his you service. You should be. Both of you. He, uh, he's a retired Coastie and uh, he put a lot of years in for us. It's like a prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, when am I getting out of jail? How did you get these scars right here? Tell me about oh, that. Oh, good Lord. Here we go. <laughs> I got a couple stories about that. The truth. The truth is. It's a is, bear, uh, though, really. Right? A bear. <laughs> yeah. A buffalo, Boy, that a would buff- be the coolest story <laughs> yeah. ever. If you said that was a dead bear claw, woo, I would... We'd be rocking and rolling pretty quickly. <laughs> I can't wait. I was four years old uh, in Texas, and uh, a dog attacked me. And uh, back then, we're such a small town, 400 people. The closest hospital is 50 miles away. And still, that hospital is a little country doctor's back in, this was probably 77. Mm, that's um, the year I was born. So, I come up, walking up the house, not crying or nothing. Me and yeah. my little brother, just covered in blood. And uh, they take me to the doctor, and he sews me up. And, you know, he wasn't, he's just a country doctor. He didn't know anything about, I'm pretty sure about being a plastic surgeon or anything. And for most of my life, I had scars, you know, as I've gotten older, my big old melons grown like a pumpkin. <laughs> um, they've gotten smaller, but they used to cover my whole face. But I always said those scars kind of define me as a man. Um, and, you know, we talk so much about bullying and stuff in today's society that um, I'm not condoning bullying, but I would say this to people that have kids that are getting bullied. It will make your kids sometimes tougher. Um, it makes them ready for the world. It made me ready for the world. And it, I'm not saying it makes me honor or nothing, but sometimes I can tune stuff out when others can't just kind of, Hey, whatever. Um, I've had a lot worse said to I me. I get that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's my, 
That's my scar story. <laughs> that's a good one. It's yeah. a good one, man. I usually tell kids a gorilla jumped out of the jungle. And that's a me. way cooler story. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are at Leaper's Fork Distillery, and, and you know, we, we have been drinking a little bit of Leaper's Fork whiskey mm, today. A little bit. But for this show, uh, we're going to drink something a little bit nice. Well, you know, I thought it was fitting. It, it was just my birthday, and we understand yeah, it was just your too, birthday. Yeah. What, what day is your birthday? October 6th. I'm the first. The first. Yeah. The October babies. That's right. Yeah. So rightly so. So uh, we brought some 2021 Old Forester birthday bourbon. Mm. Comes in at 104 proof. 12 years old. That's got to be the highest proof for a birthday bourbon release, I would think. I feel like they're typically in that 90 to 95 proof range. Yeah, I honestly don't know what last year's was. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I do oh, remember man. having it early, but I remember having a giant glass of it. But as you can see, Chris, I've been sipping on this just a little bit yeah i mean it didn't come out too long ago chief and then that <laughs> bottle is uh i would say more than halfway gone well yeah i you know when I'm is under george that- garvin brown's birthday real quick yeah september because yeah. they released september it on that 2nd. day right all right so this bottle is a little bit more than a month old you couldn't have had it more than a month yeah real close and it's about halfway gone well, it's pretty tasty thought process on whiskey or bourbon is you should share it absolutely right it's not to sit on a shelf and be a collector's edition or have you um, told grease this by the way i, I need would, to get I, on to him because that's I, all he does is put him on a shelf and i tell him all day long me and his favorite bourbon is the same thing too i know he's a weller special reserve yeah, guy yeah i am too i'm a weeded weeded nut um this ain't weeded though this is their rye bourbon yeah, um, yeah. matter of fact they don't even have a weeded bourbon over at old forester shame on them well Happy birthday, Mr. Brown. Happy birthday, <laughs> Big Chief. Happy birthday, Chris. Hey, I appreciate it. It's a yeah. great week, and it's a great bottle, and it's a good reason to to share it. Boy, well, it's I say, fantastic. I say cheers. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Clink it up right there. Oh, you that. sure? Yeah. Golly, I don't want to wear out my welcome over here before. You're all right. But it is absolutely delicious. So we are going to go ahead and taste this and talk about it just a little bit, because there's, I think there's quite a few folks out there that are probably only going to be able to get this in a bar. They weren't able to get a bottle when it released. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even then, they might not get their hands on it. So they'd love to hear what we think about it. So what do you say, Mike? Cheers. Oh, man, that is. It a- smells fantastic. The nose on this is just. Yeah, it's oh. definitely uh, brown sugar and leather. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. Very rich. Yeah. Rich it's- Corinthian leather, leather bound books. Yeah. Uh, where's that from? Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy, the weatherman. <laughs> leather bound books. Well, I just thinking I, I had sprayed some leather cleaner mm-hmm. on my boots uh, the other day for this trip. And I was, my wife said, hey, can you clean my boots? And I said, yeah, I'll clean them. And it's a conditioner, but it smells like, you know, you're walking a boot store, or leather store, and you get that smell. That's what this has right here. Absolutely. Well, this is kind of Jackie Zykin's gift to, to Campbell Brown, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you say? No, I don't, he even, actually, know, I don't he actually, even know who Jackie Zykin is. So Jackie Zykin is the master taster. I didn't at, know that. At, uh, Old Forester. And Campbell Brown gets to choose the bottle every year, right? Yeah. The blend or the what you know the, the mixture that goes into the bottle. And I guess she sends him a few to pick from and he picks it. But yeah. Wow. He picked it. Uh, she selected some good ones for him to pick from and he picked a dynamite bourbon. He did pick a good bourbon. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think she's doing anything wrong there for sure. She no. uh, she definitely has kicked the, the bourbon doors down in the world with this right here. And that nobody's said wow. anything bad about this that I've seen. Usually people won't, though. 
Yeah, I, usually you hear more about like the 2015 bottle or something like that. But um, yeah, I think the last few have been really good. I'm not sure when Jackie started blending these, but uh, I would say since she's been blending them, they've been all big hits, right? Yeah. I was just kind of, I was going to Google here and go, let's see. It, this has got to be one of the, you said this one's 104 proof, right? Mm-hmm. Uh man, I just I was wanting to see if I could quickly figure out. So it's the twenty first edition of Birthday Bourbon. They've ranged from ninety to one hundred and five. So there was one that was one hundred and five proof. And now that I read that, I feel like that's been a recent. One. I feel like that's been maybe in the last couple of years. Okay, but man, one hundred and four that's that's up there. Yeah. Probably has been recent because that was something that they she had talked about. Jackie had talked about as people were hollering from the the rooftops hey let's get some higher Take proof stuff proof up, right yeah. yeah let's uh taste what it tastes like going in the barrel you know let's let's get that sweetness out of it i don't think that's ever a bad idea no nobody's ever gonna say that no well chris let's talk about you also have a podcast too called southerner um where you talk about things from the south and then made south is also about the south well, you're very kind to talk about Southerner in its present tense, since I, I don't think I've done an episode in, man, I don't know. I don't know when the last time was I did one. They still live out there. They live out there. People for are still sure. listening yeah, to Yeah, and, and, and I would say I get a handful of emails every week. People going, hey, I just listened to, you know, you and Ed Lee or you and Sean Dietrich or, or somebody. Um, and we love it, but I noticed there are no new episodes. I'd love to see it come back. Like, And, and I think at some point we want to definitely do that. Um, I mean, as you guys know, 2020 was a weird, weird, just a bizarre time. It would have been difficult to continue that through that time. And and the thing is, and and my guess is, um, you know, you guys are uh, just being around you just for a few minutes. Like, you seem like very personable guys. My guess is you prefer face-to-face over this Zoom crap. Yeah, most certainly. You know, and that's the way I am. I don't want to do Zoom interviews and uh, or Zoom conversations. We won't call them interviews, but... I like being face to face with people and, um, you know, understandably people got a little bit nervous, a little bit freaked out. And I had a, you know, I had a bunch of people lined up for 2020 that, Hey, we're, we, we're going to put that on hold and all that good stuff. And, uh, candidly, it's just been something that, that I'm also just kind of, a uh, a serial entrepreneur, small business guy. I love doing lots of things and, so as I have found more to do, uh, there are definitely, I mean, I've, I've talked to some people this week, like, Hey, I'm going to be in Birmingham or I'm going to be coming here. I'm going to be doing this. I'd love to, you know, connect and record a podcast. Um, I think we're going to start doing more of it at some point. I just can't put my finger on exactly where that point is. Well, I, I would be very happy to see it come back personally yeah. because I was an avid listener and uh, I didn't, I never missed a show. Well, I appreciate uh, that. Kind of a closet. So you were the one. I was the guy. Nah, yeah, you yeah. were the guy who was out there downloading <laughs> that. You got me to listen to it, <laughs> every episode. Any, it's been a year. It's a, almost a year now. Yeah. November 16th, 2020. Sarah, I think, was my last guest, right? Yeah. 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 You had old Carrie Bringle on from Carrie uh, is one of my Lake favorite Porter. humans. Yeah. I tell you what, that dude is just, he is a, uh, he's physically, an imposing guy. Have you ever been around him like mm-hmm. in person? You know, the leg and the store, but just he's just a big guy. He takes over a room, just one of the most gregarious, kind of friendly, outspoken dudes. And uh man, I just love that dude. 
No, you've been awesome. on his podcast. I haven't. So he, they call it. Uh, can we? Can you curse on this? On yeah. This yeah. So he calls it bullshit corner, right? Yep. And uh, he said, "Man, you're gonna have to come on bullshit corner." And I was like, "I'd love to do that." Uh, and we just we've not made it work yet, but I, I hope to be on there. So I'll weasel my way on there at we, some point. We went on there, right? <laughs> <laughs> right before COVID, actually. Right before. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, we talked about COVID. And we were like, you know that is thing this going a, Is this a thing? Yeah. China. Yeah. It's coming through the vents and all kinds of stuff. Oh, we, man. If you listen to it now, you look back and be like, man, we really said all that stuff. <laughs> it was kind like of a bunch nuts. of idiots. How little we knew back then, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they, they actually get you rolling pretty good on that show. I right? would imagine, yeah. man. I imagine there's some whiskey involved. He probably pulls out some of them peg leg porker releases. Yeah. And- Y'all get to going on it and uh, shove plates of barbecue in front of our face. I know. And, yeah. uh, I'd met him up at the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Festival in 2019. I said, man, we got to get you on our podcast. So he's like, well, I got a podcast. You come down there and see me first. And so we came down there and, and did it. We talked and he's like, I got a whiskey I'd like to bring on your show. And uh, hey, we'll do anything with anybody, anytime. Like you said, we want to be in front of somebody because yeah. Uh, when you get to look another man or woman straight in the face mm-hmm. and eyes, and you can kind of communicate with them really Absolutely. good that way and kind of see what they're feeling over it's, that Zoom stream yard is what we use. They feel it's a hard. little disconnected. Yeah, you still for get sure. a decent show for your listeners, yeah. but it's 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 not the same for us as hosts. And just I, I I don't know, man. There's not to get too deep or philosophical or anything, but like I just believe we as humans, like we're supposed to be in conversation physically in front of each other like right. you and i are gonna have a different conversation yeah. here face to face than we would if it were some laptop and you're in louisville and i'm in franklin you know it's just gonna be different and i don't know i just it's it's a personal preference i don't it's not wrong i just i won't do them so yeah. <laughs> we're we're, hope, we're hopefully getting some lined up you know for the next year how did how did you come up with a concept and the idea for made south <laughs> So I, I spent uh, I spent twelve years kind of in corporate. I would say corporate America. Not um, I mean maybe not too corporatey, but um, you know I, I I worked for a larger company. Uh, I had a desk job. I had to ask permission to, you know, I had a certain amount of paid time off every year. If I needed to leave fifteen minutes early to go to my son's baseball game, I had to run that by somebody and fill out, you know, some paperwork and make sure all that worked for everybody. And nothing's wrong with that, but it just, it got to a point where I'd done it for so long. I'd done it for 12 years and I knew that I wanted to try to go do something that I could try to grow for myself and my family. And I just didn't know what that was. And um, kind of simultaneously around the same time, 2013 was kind of a weird year for me where uh, I, I made the commitment in 2013 not to buy anything that wasn't American made. So that was a thing that I was just can't tell you the rhyme or reason why I did it. But I was like, this is on January 1st. Okay. If I need a toothbrush, I'm going to go try to find an American made toothbrush. And that's pretty hard, by the way, it's gotten easier now. It was harder back in 2013. If I want a pair of jeans or a pair of boots or whatever, I want to go try to do some research, use the internet and find an American made pair of boots, pair of blue jeans, something like that. And so there was this kind of renewed sense of, I was getting more and more interested in where are the things that I'm consuming coming from. 
And then, uh, you know, a few years before that, my mom passed away unexpectedly in 2011. That kind of spurred me to go digging into my heritage, like where my family comes from. And because I knew that I knew that I was born in Nashville, I knew that my mom had been born in Nashville, but I wasn't sure past that. I didn't know where my grandparents came from or my grand great grandparents. And so when she died, I started looking into that a little bit and I found out that my great great grandfather and that's as far back as I could find, but that he had been born in Tennessee. So I knew that, man, that made me a fifth generation Tennessee and that makes my kids sixth generation Tennesseans. And it could be deeper than that. I just haven't been able to locate it yet. But so there was kind of this thing where I, I, I've always loved being from the South. I, I, I say about Tennessee, there's no place I want to be. Like, I love the state of Tennessee. I'm a sucker for anything made here, anything produced here. Uh, I'm a diehard red, white, and blue Tennessean. I'm tri-star all day, every day. And then this thing in 2013, like becoming more conscious about where these things are being made I started thinking, okay, well, maybe the thing I can do for a living is somehow connect these dots. You know, are there people who are making things here in Nashville or Tennessee or North Carolina, South Carolina, Kentucky, this region that I love? And is there some way for me to help tell their stories, promote them, shine a light on them? And so we just came up with this idea of a, subscri a subscription box. That's how we started. And so I would find these makers from all over the South and I, uh, you know, they're making uh, letterpress stationery, or they're making leather wallets or they're making, you know, fill in the blank uh, candles with chocolates, whatever. And if I thought they were making something really cool, I'd buy their product. So it's, it's one thing I'm extremely proud of. Like we don't, we've never gone to anybody and said, Hey, can you give us that for free? Like we want to, we want to promote you. Can you give us, I go buy, I spend money with them. I buy their product at a wholesale rate. I repackage it. Nor, you know, our boxes normally were three different products in each shipment. And then we had a graphic designer and we designed a really neat little print piece. It would tell the story. So Jim makes this in Louisville, Kentucky. And here's why we think it's awesome. Here's why you think it's, you should think it's awesome. And we want to connect you directly with Jim. So here's his Twitter feed and his Instagram feed. Here's his website. So that when you might say, well, I, man, I, you know, I'm looking for a leather wallet. Well, we want you to go to Jim's website and check out his wallets because we think he's awesome and we think what he's making is awesome and spreading that love across that's the state exactly of Tennessee, right. across that's exactly America, right, right? And, it, and, it, and it just started as a subscription box where we were like we're gonna find makers and artisans who we feel like are making really good things and we want to try to put these really cool things in the hands of people who also care about this region and about people who are making things here so it's not it's not just food i mean it's it's oh, no. it's um Hard goods. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I remember 2013 was was this year where I went. Okay, I'm gonna. I want to start writing more handwritten notes. Well, you can go to AmericanStationery.com. It's probably still a website, or you can go Google Stationery, custom stationery. You can find some website that's going to mass produce. They're going to print your name on it, you know, and ship it to you. But you don't know anything about that person who's making it, where it's being made. You don't know anything about that. And so I found a lady, I still remember her name. We still exchange email. We've never met face to face, but her name is Lydia Derrick Wary. And she's from a little town in South Carolina. And Lydia's, Lydia's great grandparents owned a, uh, um, a letter press, a printing press that used to print the town newspaper. And she still owns that, that uh, printing press. She's got a company called Ancessory. 
A-N-C-E-S-S-E-R-I-E, Ancestry. And if you go to Ancestry.com, I mean, my guess is you'll find her website. She's, she, she will custom make this beautiful cotton embossed stationery, and you, she'll design it. And it's made on this old printing. Like, that's a story I fell in love with. I went, yeah. well, I want Lydia to make my stationery. And I needed a wallet. And and if I want, you know, the theory that I have on buying things is that I'm a Tennessean first. I'm a Southerner second. And if I can find something that's made in Nashville or Franklin, that's what I'll do. If I can't find it here, but it's in Memphis or Knoxville, then I'll do that. If I can't find it there, then I'll go to Louisville or wherever, you know. And so I found a guy, uh, Emil Cogden. Uh, he has a, a company called Emil Irwin. I, I'm pretty sure Emil's still in business. Um, and he makes leather goods here in Nashville. And I dialed him up on the internet and said, hey, man, I, can you make me a wallet? Yeah, I can make you a wallet. Great. My, one of my sons carries that wallet to today. You know, today, it's, wow. when he gets pop of money or he gets, a, you know, sells an RC car or whatever. He puts money in that little wallet. It's got my initial stamped on it, but it's something that I moved on to a different wallet, actually made in Louisville. And uh, and I gave one of my sons that wallet, and he'll probably pass it down to his kids one day, you know? But, like, I love that kind of stuff. That's a that's a great story. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of background noise, folks, but, hey, it's... I love it. It's called ambiance. It is. It's <laughs> it's part of where we are. We are at Leaper's Fork. I'll remind everyone. The April wall by. That's this, not is a, this is the steelhouse sessions no doubt that's yeah. what you you this is a working distillery uh i'm watching their cook over there he's cooking mash uh we got a good friend april will just walk by yeah we got a listener in here uh one of our listeners drove up from chattanooga oh fantastic um hey i'll tell you this by the way if you and you guys already know this i mean lee's great but april's the star of the show <laughs> and, and lindley if y'all met lindley i haven't lee's met wife Oh, I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Lindley and April are the true stars of this show. Everybody knows that. If well, you meet I always those say two. Matt King over there, the well, Forrest, yeah. Forrest Gump of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't have, he doesn't have that, that big beard anymore. Right? His wife made him shave it off. <laughs> oh, well, that's probably smart. If your wife wants you to shave it off, you should do it. He's growing it back. <laughs> well, what are you, what's your final thoughts on this? Uh, I think old Forrester birthday birthday. I think it's, it's a, a winner oh, for sure. It's a, it's a massive winner. That is a delicious whiskey. Yeah, listeners, I'm going to tell you, if you don't know your whiskey, if you don't know about birthday bourbon, and your liquor store says, I got a birthday bourbon for you, and it's going to cost you $129. You run. You don't walk. You, you better run. go to run. And I don't, I was, I don't remember where I, I think I was halfway across town, and I got a text and said, hey, I got a bottle of this over here for you if you want it. I called the appointment I was going to, and you I said, said I got canceled. I'll be 15 minutes yep, late. Yep. You go right then. I'll see you. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> You made the yeah. right decision. I definitely think you made the right decision. You nailed decision. Uh, Jim said brown sugar. Like I get caramelized brown sugar. It's almost like a slightly toasted brown sugar. You know, if you've been making something in the pan, it's got a little bit of that glaze. It's that's a little bit crusty. Man, that is that is a delightful whiskey. It's delicious. Yeah, no, the sweetness doesn't carry that much to the back end, but it doesn't get real drying. I think it's got a nice bite to it. Um, but you get that you get that overwhelming envelope of caramel. And oak and mm. leather and maybe a hint of tobacco in there. It's a it's definitely a well aged bourbon. I'm almost shameful that we're sitting in in here in the steel house and we're not in some leather chairs smoking on cigars, <laughs> uh, wearing like or, velour yeah, robes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw somebody last night in a bar wearing blue suede shoes. Hey, and uh, 
I, I like, admire people who can pull that kind of thing off. I can't pull it off. Yeah. Man, if you can wear something like that, like, like just the fact that somebody was wearing it tells me they have the confidence to try it, you know? Well, first thing, they don't make blue suede shoes in size 14, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> it custom I bet ordered. you can well, find Along them. with your custom-ordered hat, you can get your custom-ordered yeah. blue suede yeah. shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be, have to be a thing, I guess. I appreciate you sharing that with us because that is, I mean, you know, there are not many of those bottles out there. And, like uh, I said, it's that's what whiskey's for. Sharing absolutely. with with great people, great friends. Open it up. Don't let it sit on that shelf. Don't let it collect dust. Grease, listen um, to him. Man. Yeah. Is Grease a big guy? I've never met him personally. Big guy? No. Physically, I mean, you, you guys him with your finger. And you guys have been on, you've had, you went on that contest with him with dads. Yeah, I'd seen him up, right? over like StreamYard, but yeah. he didn't seem like that big of a His feller. forehead's getting a little bit bigger because you know he's doing Botox now, right? <laughs> he does <laughs> Botox. Did you not know this? I have did you, not know that. Yeah. So he wanted me to call him Botox Grease, and I was just like, no, I'm just going to call you Grease. I think the only time I've seen him besides that was him showing with a biscuit in his mouth yeah he can do that i mean there are there are two things that he's good at and uh they both have to do with the eating biscuits biscuit eater yeah but i wonder if he goes to biscuit love or i think he, he's more of a hardy's guy yeah. see i don't like hardy's biscuits oh i, I, I mean you're bigger than i am but they're, i'd try to fight you over that i'm pretty sure hardy's they're is, greasy hardy's biscuit with <sighs> duck fried duck on it Oh, oh yeah, what about that? What about <laughs> that? that? So you were at that one. That okay. Was that one, yeah. Yeah, that was a yeah. mind blowing little thing that uh that Owen did. Man, that was that I would was be delightful. A, I would be a Popeye's biscuit guy. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. Popeye's makes a good biscuit. Deep, deep yeah. south right there. What do you think about Chick-fil-A biscuit? Um it's yeah. It's kind of dry. Yeah. Actually. What about Cracker Barrel? Nah, I about, I'm not a big Cracker Barrel fan because I <laughs> here's the reason about Cracker Barrel, this is kind of going away from biscuits, but um, I like to see what my cooks are cooking to me, and yeah. I, I'm pretty. I came up poor, so I like to go over to the Waffle House. Oh, and sit at the bar. Amen. And I'm a big enough tall guy; I could see over. Plus, I could see if the cook is going to spit my food or not, and I can also always go into Waffle House and ask for a pancake and see how bad I mess up people. Because hmm. they're like, we can't make pancakes in here, and I'm like, well, you got a griddle. And you got that waffle, just pour it. They don't a, have pancakes on the menu. I don't think I've ever known this no, about Waffle House. I'm like, pour me a flat waffle then. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Got a, they got a real system there. I mean, you have to, I, I guess you have to learn that a ketchup pack at one o'clock on the plate and a salt packet at six o'clock on the plate means this dish, you know? Yeah. And yeah. They've got it down. I think it's every Southerner's birthright to go to Waffle House at some point. And it's one of my most shameful uh, moments the first time I took our family to Waffle House, my kids and my my oldest who's sixteen now, but she she doesn't like Waffle House, and mm. I'm like, I I'm pretty sure she's my kid, but that is <clears throat> it's a difficult thing to reckon with. Now, Cracker Barrel is a whole different experience because I always got to sit by that fireplace, right? Yeah, and I I've been known to drop a pitcher on that mantle every once in a while. Oh, what a picture. You take a picture and put up on the mantle of yourself. I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know anything a picture, about this. a picture, a picture. Oh, well, uh-huh. he's he's saying picture the southern way. Yeah. Yeah. Picture. Jim's you from take, Ohio. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> but it is funny. Like, you, y'all know who Sean Dietrich is? I mean, I listen to the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. But listening to y'all talk, it's like if you mix the two of you, I would hear Sean Dietrich. In yeah. My, yeah. And I swear, if you put Sean and the two of you in a room together, 
Y'all could probably talk me into doing anything. <laughs> well, I, so I got this idea about yeah. riding a buffalo after drinking bourbon. <laughs> that's so it's we're not, trying to find one that's tame enough because you know I'm getting up in age and I mean if I fall off, it's going to hurt. There's some about 15 minutes from here. Guy yeah. has a, a songwriter. They're right off I-65. I, there's been several people that have said they can make it happen, mm, and he's, I, he hasn't like but, jumped on it yet. Let's get her done. <laughs> I think if you if you really said. Hey, I want to try to ride a buffalo while I'm here. I think we could probably make that happen. Oh, Lord. Oh. <laughs> see? I think see, we see can make that? it happen. I think I still do it. I get enough bourbon in me. I'll, I'll be limber The problem is I, I, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving the state about 8 a.m. in the oh, morning, man. so I don't, know if I, I don't know if we can make it done in time, make it happen in time, but next trip around. Next trip. Yeah. I, I haven't <laughs> been on an actual horse in years. Oh, man. Probably 10 years I got uh, thrown off a horse, and you ever had one of those life flashing before your sure, eyes? Yeah. Well, I was down in Texas on leave and my mom said, Hey, we got this big white roan out there in the barn. Hasn't been rode in two years. Would you ride him? And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'll ride him. So out there I went, I got that sucker, saddled him up. I walked him around for yeah, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And I got on him and he was all right. He's like, yeah, this feels pretty good. Yeah. At least that's what I was thinking he was thinking. But he was thinking, I'm about to murder. He's like, Damn, this guy's heavy. I'm about to murder this big old boy. I'm about to murder him. So I I kind of got him in a gallop and went around the field I was in. And then I got him all the other in the field. And I was like, I think he was starting to work up that lather. Yeah. And then I gave him a little kick. Oh. And maybe it was my boots I had on at the time that he'll dug into him just a little bit Ugh. too much. But he come unglued. Oh. And this field's about 150, 200 yards long in a wheat field, and he just goes to bucking across that field. And He was a bronc rider. It, more than a minute, it seemed like. It was probably only like five seconds. Yeah. But he was full out, like, bucking. And at the end of that field, wheat field, my stepdad had a hay rake parked down there. Oh. Uh, and that fan, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, that I know what you're talking about. There. He threw me off right near that thing, and oh. I'm up in the air, and I'm watching that hay rake, and I'm oh. thinking – I'm about to die. Yeah, this right might now. be this the is, end. This is it. But I hit the ground, and I back then I was two seventy five, all hundred two hundred seventy five pounds hits that ground, and it was like pure rock. It seemed like uh, it hurt real bad. Uh, it ruined the rest of my vacation. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> but I didn't die. But you got your first taste of rodeo right there. No, that was that was my last taste of well, rodeo. Was it, I was it also a, your first taste or you had a no, taste of rodeo? No, I grew up on a ranch in Texas. Well, there you and, go. Uh, in the hill country of Texas. And, uh-huh. um, I'd have plenty of experiences with my stepbrothers throwing me on bulls at like eight or nine years old and just doing all kinds of farm and, and ranch work. You get to have all kinds of great experiences yeah. like that. But that was my last horse riding experience because I told myself, I said, I'm never going to get on another horse. So you haven't been on a horse in 10 years? Probably not. I, wow. I don't think I'd, I'd probably miss a step, but you still in that back of your mind, number one, I'm 10 years older, so it's going to hurt 10 times more. <laughs> right? You that, think so. Yeah, do, it well, yeah, I mean, yeah. we can make the horse thing happen, too. Yeah. Uh, about I mean, five minutes from here, my daughter rides horses and... They got some beautiful horses over there. I mean, I watched a rototiller drag Jim across his yard one day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got horses. I got a big 16, 16 hand Tennessee Walker, but he's never Ooh, offered to yeah. ride it. I thought about it and they both were like, Hey, you should come ride him and and we'll get in a truck and my wife would be like, Listen, don't do it. Just don't do it. 
<laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, it's all right. It's all I right. love the language of horses. Like Jim says, 16 hand. I love that. When people describe horses to me, oh, he's a he's a 14 hander. Yeah. He does have a it's big, a, beautiful yeah. horse over yeah. there. Yeah. He's also got these pygmy goats. I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah. You do yoga with them? They're annoying as hell. You don't do, <laughs> don't, you do don't, yoga with them? Get, no. No. We don't, no. Don't get goats. Have you seen the goat yoga? yoga I've goats? seen it. Where, yeah. where you get down on all fours and they jump up yeah, on your back. Yeah, they jump up on you. They're little pig, and I think they're pygmy goats. What too, happens maybe? when they poop on you? Uh, they always are doing that. So yeah. it's yeah. bound to happen. That's gross. Yeah. I've been trying to get him to get a llama. Why? Just because I. You want him to get spit on? No, I just like to see him have a llama. Oh. I mean, you got 11 acres. Go get you a llama. Get you an nah, alpaca. Nah. When we moved out to the country, I thought I wanted a, fl- uh, not a flamingo, a peacock. No, you don't want one of those. Well, one of, so one of my good friends has a peacock and he had sent me pictures of it, you know, all fanned out, standing on tractors and stuff like that. And I thought, that thing's amazing. But I, then I hear they're kind of mad, like they can go mm-hmm. at people. Jump up on cars and scratch cars and stuff. They're yeah. like a giant turkey. Yeah. Which I love turkey. Well, to eat though, right? Yeah. Well, I, I like to hunt them. I like to look at them. Yeah. It's all right to kill them. Yeah. But to, to yeah. I'm thinking the whole them. peacock thing or guinea fowl or whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. It's probably Our neighbors have idea. guinea hens and yeah. man, they're loud as crap. Yeah. Well, listeners, we're probably up against that first half. Um, some great whiskey here i gotta say mm. man i love this bottle and i probably will drop a tear when it's all gone but <laughs> you know what another bottle show up probably so we'll, we'll get her done stay with us uh we'll get chris to tell us about the future of made south and his big festival that's coming up that everybody's gonna want to go to awesome Hello, listeners, and welcome back. We have Chris Thomas in the house from Made South, and we drank a pretty good whiskey in the first half, I have to say. Mm. That was tasty. That's going to be hard to beat. I was just going to say, I don't know how you're going to top that. Well, we're going to step down a proof from that, though. 103. (laughs) I wish. uh, I wish Woodford would do something. They got some pretty high proofers now, Uh, but this one's only 90.4. That's that standard proof they oh, like that's to that use. That's signature proof from those guys. Yeah. yeah. And this is going to be the Woodford Reserve Chocolate Malt Whisper. It's Kentucky oh. Straight Bourbon. Um, this is the Woodford Reserve Bourbon produced immediately after the Woodford Reserve Master's uh, Collection Chocolate Malted Rye. Some of the flavor notes carried over in the distillate and influenced the flavor profile, giving it roasted uh, chocolate notes. Yeah. So this is uh, basically a beautiful mistake, and uh, I guess they didn't clean the lines and the equipment good enough between batches. And I don't know, Chris, did you have the chocolate malted rye no, from Woodford? Never did. So it was a pretty, uh, it was a chocolate bomb, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, very, very chocolatey, and and not because there was any chocolate in it. It was just the malt had a chocolate toast to it. Mm-hmm. Sure, and uh, it really imparted a tremendous chocolatey flavor on it. But so. A couple of years ago, we were doing an episode at Woodford Reserve, and we were interviewing Elizabeth McCall. Familiar? She's sure uh, the assistant master distiller there under uh, Chris, Chris Morris. Yeah. And she took uh, she took us on a, a little personal tour, climbing through the rickhouse, and 
She goes, I got something I really want you to try here. And she we had the drill and the, you know, plug in the barrel. Isn't that the best? It's the best. It's the best. I love so it. So she drilled that barrel and uh, and I caught it in a glass and she plugged it. And we went back and sat down and did a proper tasting of it. And it was this. It was what's in this wow. bottle today. That's fun. But she got it early and there's like 60 barrels that got contaminated. Mm-hmm. But she brought us a sample off early when the contamination was pretty, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how it worked, but however they do that. It, but anyhow, um, pretty, I think a pretty fortunate mistake. <clears throat> yeah. I, a lot of people confuse that first whiskey as a rye whiskey and not a bourbon, but it this was smells, a bourbon. I was going to say, this smells like a rye to me. But this is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Yeah, it was the, they, what they did was they malted, the chocolate malted the mm-hmm. rye itself. So yeah. the rye was toasted. It and, smells like a really funky rye to me. Yeah. Uh, do you like the nose? To me, it's not off-putting and stuff, and I always got to remind myself uh, when we're nosing a whiskey first that the nose might not be the same as the palate. Sure. And this is a – it is a little strange to me. Yeah. It's a strange nose to me. And I could get where you get that just a rye whiskey. And I I love rye's, but this one smells just like a – smells like a funky rye to me. It's not off-putting. But I don't love it. I don't love the way it smells. Like some 70s funk yeah, music? I, uh, no, I can get into but some 70s you think funk think it's got music. a little bit of Cocoa Puffs in it, though? <laughs> a little Cocoa Puffs? I don't know. See, yet. I don't feel like I smell chocolate on the nose. Maybe like when I take the glass away, that kind of after smell, I'm getting more chocolate then. I'm thinking pomegranate for some reason in my mind. What's a is a pomegranate the one you pull apart? Yeah, it's got a bunch of little seeds. You yeah, eat the seeds. That's of what it. I'm Real getting. Real pain yeah. to eat it. Yeah. 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 That's it's good, what I'm though. It's yeah. tasty. Well, you know, I think that's why they called it chocolate whisper because it's just a hint, right? It's just a just mm. a, the smallest amount of influence there. Let's taste it. Cheers. Cheers. It doesn't taste anything like the nose, in my opinion. We don't taste something boy, like that birthday bourbon. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Man. That and it, it, you know the first to me the first three or four seconds I was like I'm not getting any chocolate on this but then the back end woo yeah there's chocolate yeah. for sure like cacao nibs and stuff like that well you oh. know that uh whenever you do have cocoa crisp you have a whole big old bowl of milk cocoa puffs cocoa puffs cocoa crisp Let's whatever get it right we're talking about cereal cocoa got pebbles cocoa, cocoa pebbles, pebbles. yeah, yeah. but. You eat all the cereal, then you got that chocolate milk yeah, at the end. Yeah, that's, that's what, the best that's, part. That's what I'm getting right here. You, yeah. And you got to slurp that, too. You just slurp away. I like to do it in front of my wife so she gets mad at me. She's <laughs> like, a, you're a heathen. There's an ice cream shop here locally. They make a ice cream called cereal milk, and they change up the flavors. So sometimes they'll do uh, uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Sometimes oh, yeah. they'll do Lucky Charms. Sometimes they'll do cocoa pebbles or whatever, but they 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 soak the cereal in the milk, and then they make an ice cream out of that milk. And do they they filter the cereal out, or do they just leave it in there? You know, I, that's a good question. I think the one time I had it, it had the one time I had it was cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, and I think it had little chunks of cinnamon toast crunch oh, there in there. You go. I know. I bet it's pretty amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it is delightful. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like it on the nose. Silky smooth, um, light on the palate. It, we did step it way down in proof. So, you know, I'm not, it's not super viscous, but it's silky smooth, though. Yeah. We had another bourbon during the break, too, which was kind of fantastic. We had a, a special 
staff barrel here at Leaper's Fork, and uh, it was pretty amazing too. So I guess our palates have had to recover a little bit from that onslaught of flavor. Yeah, I'm not gonna forget that barrel number. By the way, it's stuck in my head. I texted Lee like, "Hey, dude, if you want to let that barrel go, you let me know because <laughs> that was pretty fantastic. And if there ain't that much left, like, come on, let's bottle it up, get you're it out get, there. You're gonna get old." Forrest Gump in trouble. No. <laughs> huh? Yeah. No, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I have to say that um, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised to have this again. I ha- and it's it's not the same as it was when we tasted it on the tour. Uh, we were drinking at Cast Drink there, and this is proofed down a little bit, so it is a little bit more of a whisper. So this one, the whisper would be different, Jim. The the whisper would be the after effects of that chocolate malted rye and then they still have some leftover so carry over. Yeah. Yep. And that's just the I guess the the whisper. That's hard to say. I've never had a malted malt whisper before. And there's been a number of mistakes out there and you know where they they dump the wrong tank in the wrong tank and they You think s- those are real or are they marketing gimmicks? You know, uh, as far as I know, this one was real because I heard the whole story while it was still in the barrels and had two more years to age. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you um, remember the wild turkey unforgiven? Yes. That's kind of the one that when I think back to these mistake barrels, that's one that, that pops to mind early on was one of those first little like, oh, we made a mistake, but we just decided to barrel it up because it was so good. And I mean... It was pretty good. I liked Wild Turkey Unforgiven. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was pretty. There was another one, Mike, that we had. It was a rum dumped into a bourbon ba- uh, mm. thing, wasn't it? Yeah. That was from National Barrel Company, I think. Was it? Yeah. That was another mistake. That's pretty. Uh, yeah. No, no. Was Some, that that one or was it the one we had at the Tiki Hut there? Heck, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. They were running together. So <laughs> 50 bucks for this bottle right here. Right, Jim? Yep. Oh, you shot three seven five. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people take a look at it beat that up, right? They'll yeah. they'll be like, "That's a lot of money for yeah. whiskeys and stuff." And a lot of craft distilleries have three seven fives that price, and they'll be a cast strength for fifty dollars for a three seven five, but that's not cast strength. That's ninety point four proof for fifty dollars. So if you're gonna buy Woodford for fifty dollars for three seven five, why wouldn't you buy a craft distillery for the same price? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it this way, if you're if you're Woodford Reserve and you've got 60 contaminated barrels. I mean, they cannot go into your mainstream liquor, sure. right? So yeah. they got to be they got to be set aside and to be able to turn them into something that's profitable like this, that's a pretty swift move on on Chris's part, I would have to say. Yeah. Yeah. You know who would be griping and moaning like crazy about this price? Do y'all know Joe Bourbon? Joe Roddy? He's on the show. He's on, he's yeah. on the show whenever we've done yep. bar nights in the past, he, he'll do that. Um uh, but he is the biggest hardtail on 375s that are pricey. He hates it. Well, I, hey, he hates don't, it. Don't buy it then. I know. Hey, that's why I tell him. Every every man, every woman has a different. You have a choice. Yep. That's exactly decision right. Decision to make with don't their money. Spend your and, money. Uh, don't spend your money on it. Leave it on the shelf for me and I, I'll pick it up. At this it's the same with the Saffle bottle from Wild Turkey, right? Kind of expensive for a 375. Which one? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's and, right. But it's very, very tasty. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is. That's a good one too, man. That surprises me. I did not like the nose, but um, man, I'm like even right now, it is. It's that cocoa pebble cereal milk aftertaste. Yeah, I like it a lot. That's unique. Well, Chris, you got a, a festival coming up pretty soon here, right? We do. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. So we call it Made South Holiday Market. Uh, we've been doing it, man. Our first one was 2015. So I don't know how many years that is. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 
We didn't do 20. This will be the sixth year that we've done it. And we bring in 60 makers from around the South. I mean, they come from Virginia, Texas, everywhere in between. Uh, we have some fun chef tastings. We're doing some really neat cocktails this year with Jack Daniels. And then, uh, well, actually, Brown Foreman, uh, who owns Jack Daniels, we've partnered with Brown Foreman on our cocktails. So we're doing a, um, a spiced old fashioned with Jack Daniels rye whiskey, which I'm a big fan of. And then we're also doing a blood orange margarita uh, using their El Himador tequila, oh, their Reposado tequila. So that'll be fun. We're partnering with Brown Foreman on that. But we do some fun chef tasting, some cocktails. Uh, we've got some live music. You know, we've been talking about uh, Forrest Gump of Leapers Fort Distillery over here. Yeah. We actually have, uh, if you come to our event, there's a really good chance you're going to meet the Forrest Gump. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a guy we know who is a Forrest Gump impersonator. And we we have him come to almost all of our events. And dude, I'm gonna tell you, he's awesome. Now he'd be having the the haircut and not shaved. He looks shaved. just like Forrest Gump. Yeah, he talks just like Forrest Gump. He's got the brief he, or the the suitcase. He's got the red Nikes. He sit, we rent a park bench and we sit him on this park <laughs> bench, and guests can come just sit down and talk with him and get their picture. It's one of the greatest things you've ever seen. And I swear to you. You're not going to be able to tell the difference. He's that good. Oh, wow. He's that good. But I just think that's fun. Like when We met him early on, and, and he came to our very first event. And I don't even think we knew him. He showed up, and he was walking around with an umbrella and a suitcase, and he was giving out chocolates. And he, I mean, he's talking to people. <laughs> and I was like, this dude is awesome. And so now, like, we've stayed friends. And I'm like, hey, man, we got an event coming up. Why don't you come on out? And uh, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. So it's Maker's. You know, it's a good place. Like we're we're all about shopping small, supporting small business. These are all makers and artisans who are making their living selling these products. And so we want to get a bunch of people to come spend money with them. It's November 19th and 20th. So it's coming up a month and a half, not too far down the road. But our whole deal is like, come do all of your holiday shopping, buy all your Christmas gifts and spend your money with these people rather than going to you know, the big box store or buying from Amazon or whatever. And that's going to be right here in Franklin, right here in Franklin. It's at the factory. So yep. it's a kind of an old stove works, uh, factory. It's a neat story about that place. Um, it was condemned at one point and, uh, the way, I, the way it was told to me, a Hollywood production company called up the city who I think owned it at the time and said, Hey, we'll give you X amount of money to blow this thing up for a movie. It was condemned. And the city said, yeah, I mean, we'll do that. I mean, we want to we want to knock it down anyway. And some people heard about it and kind of banded together and brought a guy who's got a lot of money, who cares about preservation to the table. They bought the building, did did a few renovations, like made it inhabitable for people, tenable, tenable. I don't know. That might not be the right word. Made it inhabitable for for people, got some retail in there. And then uh, it recently got, or a few years ago, another guy bought it, a guy who's actually from Kentucky, uh, spends a lot of its time, I think, Bowling Green, Lexington, but owns a lot of land. Then it recently got sold again. But it's it's a neat spot, and that's where we do all of our events. It's called The Factory. Yeah, it's a pretty good place. Yeah, you've been, I forget, you've been been there. there. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Well, that's great. Well, uh, where can people find it? We'll give you a chance at yeah. the end of the show again, but Man, where can people that. find out about it? Uh, you can go to madesouth.com, M-A-D-E south.com. A lot of people go made south, M-A-I-M-A-I-D. And we're like, no, we, no, we, that's a different business. You could probably do something with that, but we don't do that. Made south, M-A-D-E south.com. 
and you can buy tickets there. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Now you brought something else here today yeah. uh, as kind of a gift uh, for having you on the show. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, but we're big fans of uh, old fashions. And, as well you should be. Oh, man. I like a good old fashioned. Yeah. And sometimes in the moment, you don't get it quite right. Like when you're trying to make it from that's scratch, exactly. right? I mean, that's been my experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and you've got something here that'll just make it snappy and easy. Well, I, so this is one of, you know, I, I said I'm kind of a just an addicted small business guy. I love getting involved in a lot, lot of little things. So this was a brand that I didn't start it, but um, the guy who did start it, uh, I think he started it maybe 2014. I, you know, being a native Tennessean, I saw it on a shelf. I saw it on Red Dog, on Red Dog's shelf for the very first time. Y'all been over there. Yeah. And um, in probably early 2015, I saw it there on the shelf at Red Dog. And, I, you know, it says made in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Check check that box. Uh, old fashioned. Love old fashions. Check that box. And then my wife had kind of trained me to start looking at labels. I don't know if y'all look at labels, but you know, I got four kids at home. She's like, Hey, we don't want anything with, you know, red dye number 83 or high fructose corn, any of that stuff. So I looked at the label and it's like, Oh, these are like all natural ingredients. So I picked up a bottle. I took it home. Uh, I made a cocktail for me and my wife that night and I loved it. But most importantly, my wife loved it. And it was the first whiskey cocktail she ever loved. Yeah. And I was like, dang, this is kind of a home run. So um, I reached out to him when we did our first event in September of 2015 and said, hey, I love what you're doing. Why don't you come be a part of our event, set up, serve cocktails, sell your product. And uh, so the guy who started it, Luke Duncan, came and did it. We hit it off, became friends, and he was a part of a lot of our events. And then for a lot of reasons, a lot of uh, just personal life issues that were going on with him. Uh, he decided to sell the business in 2017 and I'm grateful. He came to me just thinking I might know somebody who, you know, might, might be interested in it. And the more we talked about it, I was like, dang, I kind of think I might be interested in it. And it fits with what we do. We put on events. We like to throw, we, we feel like we get to throw parties for a living. I mean, you've been to Southern Whiskey Society. Uh, it feels like a party with a bunch of friends and, and that's what I get to do for a living. I'm very grateful for that, but it fit in that way. You know, I love to serve cocktails to people. Um, so we were able to work out a deal and uh, we've been trying to grow it ever since. And and it's it's a lot of fun. So um, you have more than just the old fashioned. We do. I'll, t- I'll say that bottle right there is our number one bestseller, our, our old fashioned mixer. So we make it with real cane sugar and then we have our own blend of bitters that we've come up with. Um, and that's our old fashioned mixer. So you just mix that with your favorite bourbon or rye. And then you come up with a delicious old fashioned and you can make it fast. You can make it easy and it's consistent every single time. Is it about a one to one? No, it, it would be really, really sweet if you did a one to one. We recommend that people start out um, two to one. So two parts whiskey, one part Eli. Perfect. Now, my ratio is three to one. Okay. And then like my wife prefers a two and a half to one. So even two to one is a little bit sweet for her. Yeah. We go two and a half to one for her, and I do a three to one. So I'll typically take three ounces of bourbon, one ounce of Eli. Well, at that rate, the bottle goes a pretty long way. It does. Absolutely. And that's a 10-ounce bottle. We also sell it in a 750 milliliters, which got about 25 ounces. And so if you wanted to make just a standard one and a half ounce of whiskey, half ounce, I mean, yeah. there's there's 20 old fashions in that sure. bottle. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of fun with it. 
What whiskey do you use? My house bourbon is Eagle Rare. So it's uh, our, our. We were talking about it earlier. Dixon Deadman. Dude, Dixon, by the way, is is one of the owners of Eli. Oh, he so, is. Yeah. Okay. So he came in on that with me a few years ago. We've got two other business partners that are part of it. So it's us four guys. We like to play golf together. We like to sell a bunch of Eli. Um, and he talked me into using Eli with Eagle Rare. I'd never done that before. And I tried it and I was like, man, just that extra age and oakiness from Eagle Rare just sends it over the top. And so that's what we use as our house bourbon, Eagle Rare. Awesome. We love it. That's that's what we say. Your bourbon, your way, right? Yeah, Jim? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It used to be before that, it was probably Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond when you could get it cheaply in Kentucky. The old white label, you oh, know, yeah. six-year-old. Uh, it was That was fantastic. But then that kind of dried up and... Now I'm on the Eagle Rare. Yeah, a few bottles left. There couple, you go. Couple. <laughs> How much you got stocked away? Not me. Jim has some stock away. Uh, it's getting down there. I, 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 as of about six months ago, I still had two cases, but I've been, giving, I've been giving them away. I yeah. think I have a That's half I a did. bottle left. But Jim, as gracious as he is to share his whiskey yeah. with me, he said, Mike, just take a bottle right now. You, 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 I said, well, if I need a bottle, you know, I'll, I'll get a bottle. Yeah. But it's not like we're whiskey poor. We're not whiskey no. poor at all. Do they still make the green label? Oh, they do. They do. I See, actually just you. brought a bottle of the yep, six-year to, to one of our listeners. And I'll tell you, that's a really good cocktail whiskey. I mean, it's lower proof, obviously, but I mean, I think it's really delicious. Uh, a six-year-old whiskey, if you're in Kentucky and you see that. Is that 80 proof or 90? I think that's 90 proof. Yeah. Uh, I, if you see it on the shelf, you better grab it. it. And you're going to buy it for $15? Yeah. No, that is Kentucky only, right? Kentucky yeah. only. Yeah, I thought so. Yep. Okay. Um. But we used to buy the plastic handles. I mean, we'd roll through Kentucky on a barrel pick or something and stop off at uh Mam I used to love stopping at Mammoth Liquors right there off that exit. That's a good little shop. Yeah. Yep. And pick up just as many handles of that as I could get my hands on. So Chris, I mean, we've talked a few times about this uh Southern Whiskey Society yeah. meeting that you yeah. put on. And the last one was in twenty twenty. Yes, sir. You've had to kind of cut back on that because mm -hmm. of obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. But uh we're all aching to hear what might happen in the future yeah uh and 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 we're aching to figure it out um i'll say you know it, it's been a little bit of an evolution like when uh when i decided to sell or you know get rid of my bourbon collection at the beginning of this year um i kind of mentally swore off that event okay. and there were you know we were talking about it, and i do believe man i've met some amazing people through the bourbon community and I will also say I've had some really horrible experiences with the bourbon community that kind of soured me a little bit and mostly through that event side. Uh, like, I'll never forget. I, I, I could still pull up the email. The You mentioned the Purple Top Willets. Um, that specific event, you know, there was a guy who just dog cussed me up one side and down the other because he wasn't able to buy as many of those as he wanted. And. You know, I'm like, well, we got other people coming to the event. And he, and he, by the way, he got four of them. He wanted more. And I was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta let other people have some. He called me every name in the book. And so it, there have been some moments like that that were kind of souring me on that event. But then I've met people like, you know, you guys, Joshua Steely, uh, Will and Grease from Podcast. Um, you know, I've met a lot of really good people through that event. People that I still call dear friends. And so I've been very conflicted about it. Uh, it's one of those things, though, that we've launched an, a separate project that we're calling Franklin Food and Wine Festival. I don't know if you know about that. I don't, but, no. So Manit Shohan, who was a guest of mine on Southern, I oh, think yeah. she may have been 
I don't know if she was my first guest, but she was close. Somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, her story kind of inspired Southerner for me to want to do that. To hear her talk in her Indian accent, which she was born in Punjab, uh, India. She came here. Um, I can't remember what year she came. I mean, she's lived here for a long, long time, but from Indian descent and has made her way in America and now lives here in Franklin and operates restaurants in Nashville. And for her to say in her Indian accent, I consider myself a Southerner. Like that was, man, okay. That's a, that's a different thing than me just being born and raised here. That's somebody who chooses to be in this area and probably candidly has a lot of reasons to not choose to be in this area. She could be in Chicago, New York, Boston, anywhere she wanted to be. She chooses to be here. And so I, I I fell in love with her story. And as we came, became friends, I was like, I want to hear from more people like that. Yeah. And um, so that was kind of why I even wanted to start that podcast. But Monique and I have become friends. We have decided to co-found a Franklin Food and Wine Festival. So we're working on creating a food and wine festival for the city of Franklin. And we're excited about that. We both live here. Uh, we both raise our families here. And I think Southern Whiskey will come back next year. My guess, as part of a series of events that we're creating for Franklin Food and Wine Festival, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like those we're trying to figure out right now, if we have a maker event, that that feels made south to us. Sure. That needs to stay there. But if it's a largely food or beverage focused event, I think we want that to kind of help push the Franklin Food and Wine Festival forward. And the Southern Whiskey Society um, event was about a, a pretty good balance of, of, of spirits and food. Sure. Um, and it might even been a little food heavy. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, our, our kind of model was 10 to 12 chefs from around the South, people who we believe are making awesome things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would try to partner them with local or regional ingredient partners, farms, things like that, because that's important to us. And then we always invited 30 of our favorite distilleries and maybe we got, you know, 32, 33, but it was always around that 30 number. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great event. Look forward to it coming back. Look forward to hearing more about uh, your Franklin event. Yeah, so I think we, we right now that event we're doing um, something we call Sunday Supper. We do it once a month at the Harpeth Hotel in downtown Franklin, and Manit cooks this multi-course menu for a hundred guests, and we bring in a guest chef every time. So we've had man, I know you guys are from Kentucky, but we had do y'all know David Bancroft at all? I know Acre in Auburn, Alabama. Um, we've had, um, golly, we had Chidi Kumar from Raleigh, Durham, who's a dear friend of Manit's coming up October 24th. We do have, uh, Kelsey Bernard Clark. She was the six season 16 top chef winner. She's from Dothan, Alabama, and she's awesome. So those two ladies are going to cook this unbelievable dinner for like a hundred people. Wow. So that's something we've started for the food and wine festival. Pretty amazing yeah. stuff. All right. So we have something <laughs> new in our glass here and I have to say that we don't know what it is. This is uh, no, you don't. It's a blind bottle that you brought, and uh, we've each got a pour of it now. And I would now. What's the task at hand here? Identify the <laughs> distillery. So this was something I just thought. I never like to show up anywhere I've been invited. I don't want to show up empty-handed, and so I thought I'd bring a little something. I've already told you I don't have many bottles left, but I thought, well, this might be fun to share with y'all. So I wanted to see if you, I know, Jim, you're more of like the, I feel like you're a good guesser at things. You got a good nose, good palate. I don't know. He's, he's thrown down the, the glove, right? He did. I'm not the, I'm not the guesser at things. Not, I just drink it. 
I w- this is uh, some old juice, I would think. I might be wrong with some dusty. I don't know. I'm shrugging my shoulders right now. I'll let y'all tell me. Because he said he got rid of all of his uh, all of his bottles except for sentimental ones. So this must have been a sentimental one. This is one. older. This is definitely, uh, it's got a definitely a, a preponderance of oak on the back end. Yeah. Got a little bit of a. It's got like a waxy nose to it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's uh, soft, though. It's it's not real aggressive on the nose. Where do you think the proof lies? I'd say that ninety, that ninety range. Yeah, I would. I'd be surprised if it topped a hundred. Yeah, but, uh, maybe it, even lower than that. In the eighties, somewhere, eighty-eight. There's not a lot of ethanol on the nose. You don't get a lot of blowback on the palate. I yeah. think it's kind of it, it's very soft up front. But it's got a it's got a good amount of oak. And this is a well aged bourbon. You call us feathery, 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 feathery. light and feathery. Tell me what feathery means. <laughs> I don't know. It is light as a feather. Light as a feather. Yeah. It's super light on the palate. Um, it's got that medium to long finish though. I like it. it uh, that texture to it, but it's not like super viscous. Yeah, I think it's a little bit older. It's really soft up front, which te- which makes me think it's a wheat. Is this some pappy? No, it's not Pappy. Oh, well. <laughs> no. It That's is, for my it wishes is, right there. This is my, I told you it's my birthday last Friday, okay. October 1st. So, you know, birthday bourbons weren't out in the 70s. <clears throat> but this is my first, I'm kind of into birth year items. You ever collect things from your birth year? Like, I really want a 77 I Ford would like Bronco. to, but man, yeah. 63 seems like such a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> But this is a, a 1977 Wild Turkey 8101. Oh, my goodness. So, eight years old. If I had told you the proof, it'd probably, you'd probably lead down the trail to Wild yeah. Turkey. How old is it? It's from 1977. And what was the proof on it? Uh, 101 proof. 101 proof. Yeah. I am so surprised. It I doesn't sh- drink like a 101 no, proof. it doesn't. I would have really did think yeah. in the 80s, uh, high 80s. Um, super smooth. Like I said, it, it light as a feather. Yeah. You know? Oh, this which was, the feather fit in perfect with a turkey. Oh, it you know what? It sure yeah, did. Look at what you did there. Yeah. Look Turned at that. Turned it into a positive. Subconsciously. <laughs> you didn't even know you were picking it, but you were. I feel I feel a little ashamed that I wasn't able to pick it out as a turkey, but that's all right. Now, Chris, did you know that Jim's favorite bourbon is wild turkey? I didn't know that. Well, it's my daily. This is daily. That's my daily. Yeah, and my yeah. first bourbon should, in that's life a great was a 81101. Yeah. So. He did tell me the other day, he's, we're over at his house, and he's like, oh, I'm mad they changed the dang bottle and label on that bottle. <laughs> now, hold on. If I'm doing my math right, you said you were born in 63. Yeah. When were you drinking this 1981-8101? I was 18. Well, that ain't drinking age, Jim. What, yeah, what in Ohio it was. Oh, oh, okay. There in you Ohio, go. In Ohio, in, 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 in that time, 18 the 80s, was the drinking yeah. age. I'll now, tell you. Now, I have to be honest. Yeah. There were two drinking ages. 18 got you into bars, uh-huh. and you could drink beer and wine. But you couldn't have spirits until you were twenty one. But once you got in, they yeah. didn't they yeah. didn't care. They didn't mess around with yeah. it. Uh I think I think one oh one is probably the best all around middle to low shelf whiskey out there. Yeah. I really believe yeah. that. It's extremely versatile. You know, it's high rye. It's like I man, it's a if I can't find Eagle Rare. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy 101, and in fact, I'm a little bit ashamed that I don't just keep 101 at the house because that higher proof 
sometimes you want that. And it works well in cocktails. Too. Yeah, it absolutely does. it does. You know, another thing, and, and listeners could take this home too, and another reason I like it is because if you go out to a place and they hand you the bourbon list and then they're all $500, $400, you know good and well that you can get a poor wild turkey for eight, ten oh, bucks. Yeah. So yep. that, that happened to me yep. the other night. I yep. went into a repeal steakhouse in downtown Louisville and – I almost was blown away. I was like, there's a $500 bourbon on this. Yeah. On, not a secret list. This is just a list. It's the one they hand you. I was yeah. like, I didn't ask for this. I, I don't need $500 pour for and, some uh, of the stuff that I have at my house. And you're if you get Wild Turkey 101, you're going to be happy about it every single every time. Every single time. It yeah. never disappoints. One of the most consistent whiskeys out there. Whiskeys out there. Um, and I, man, I went on a tear there for a little while. I got wild turkey obsessed Yeah, for a few years of my life. It was all about antique wild turkeys for me. Yeah. And this is the only one I kept. This was my first one that I ever got. Um, it's a 1977 birth year bottle for me. And our, do y'all know Paul Steele at all? You know, I that? don't know. So Paul Steele is a guy in Nashville, um, music guy, but he also has, one of the most extensive collections of antique whiskeys I've ever seen in my life. He's on Instagram at steel speakeasy. He's got like a little basement bar. Unbelievable. And he had found this, uh, just a treasure trove of antique whiskeys that he found. He like somebody told him about a guy who told him about a guy who was just getting rid of a bunch of stuff. And it was like from an old liquor store in I want to say like Maryland or Connecticut, someplace weird. And this dude flies up and goes and meets the guy, rents a car, buys all he can and drives back. And he, and I said, Hey, if there's any 1977 wild Turkey in there, I'd love one. And he found one for me. That's awesome. And sold it to me for, I think I bought it for 75 bucks. Uh, and it's I still got about half a bottle of it left. Well, that's a that's an amazing story. And thank you so much for sharing your birthday mm. bourbon with us. That is a true birthday bourbon. Yeah. 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 Well, Chris, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank we you appreciate guys for having you. me. I genuinely we appreciate, appreciate, you appreciate the, it. the support that you give to your local community, but also to uh, the makers of mm. America, right? The people that make it possible, that make great goods in America still. Uh, that still make that American dream. We appreciate you for doing that uh, and supporting a whiskey community too, the way you do. Um, I know a lot of great people that have benefited from, from what you do. So hats off to you. Well, I'm a big fan of what you guys do and this has been an absolute pleasure and I appreciate you having me. It's a lot of fun. We would like to give you one more chance to sort of uh, let our listeners know where they can find out more about made South, uh, more about the events you have coming up. Anything else you'd like to tell us about, Where's your Instagram? What's your Instagram account so they can oh, hit man. you up? <laughs> we got we got lucky on Instagram at Made South yep. M A D E S O U T H. Uh, the old website madesouth.com. I mean, uh, drink Eli Mason. I don't know if you wanted to check out our our mixers that we got at Drink Eli Mason or EliMason.com. And uh, I just really appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thanks again, Mike. Where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Twitter, YouTube. Uh, Y'all do TikTok dances? No, no, not yet. <laughs> not I'm too yet. big to dance. <laughs> We're trying, still trying to figure out how we approach that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People don't want to see that. I, I put some, I barbecue some stuff put on there, maybe Jim with some yeah. whiskey or something. I like would that. say people would like to see y'all do a TikTok yeah, I don't dance. Know about that. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find us on all those. The best place to find us is in our Facebook group, The Bourbon Roadies. 2,300 people strong. We actually got one of our moderators in here today. Answer three questions. Are you 21? Do you like bourbon? Hell yes. Everybody loves some bourbon. And do you agree to play nice? Because uh, we don't tolerate any of that rudeness, right, Jim? That's no. right. We just no. we just want good people, good times in the group. Uh, if, you're, if your goal is to come in and chop somebody off at the knees for drinking something off the bottom shelf, you go find yourself another group. There's plenty of other groups out there for that. We're not that group. We're uh, like-minded people, uh, celebrate life, celebrate births, celebrate retirements, birthdays, whatever you want to celebrate. Come on in there with us. Uh, we don't do politics, religion, or social issues. We don't sell any bourbon. We don't sell no bourbon. But we do give it away. We give it away, and uh, we share our bourbon. We share the hell out of it. I think last year, Jim, we gave away about $1,500 in bottles and probably another three to $4,000 in uh, giveaway items such as glasses, uh, bags, candles, uh, staves, you name it, we were giving it away. And it's good to stay on the show and listen to the very end because that's when you find out about that you stuff. You never can tell what <laughs> we're going to have. We hell, we might even find some of this Eli Mason to give away well, for some I was cocktails. Saying, listen here, I don't want to interject myself, but if y'all wanted to give away some Eli... Yeah, you could t- well, like we have bar kits that come with little, everything in there. Yeah, you know, a little ice mold and the the jigger and the bottles. Like we'd be tickled to give away something with y'all. All right, well, well let's look, make it happen. Look for that giveaway. Look for it. Yeah, we'll do that. So, Jim's we do two shows a week, but the people to find out and be, to know about those shows, what you need to do is you need to scroll up top of your app. You need to hit that check mark, that subscribe, that plus sign, whatever you got to hit to remind you, hey, these two jokers have just come out with a new show. And then you know what I got to say, Jim. They got to screw on down, hit that five-star review. Because if they don't. They don't. I'm going to tell you, uh, the big bad booty daddy of bourbon is going to come over to your house. I'm going to bring some birthday bourbon. I'm going to bring some Woodford Reserve. That big bad booty daddy of bourbon, you're going to drink it with him all night long. By the end of the night, we are going to get a five-star review. You're going to have a smile on your face. I'm going to have a smile on my face. Uh, we're going to have some stories to tell from that one night right there. So give us that five-star review. It l- allows us to bring great guests like Chris Thomas from Made South on our show. It gets us down here to Tennessee for the Steelhouse session. Um, it helps us out. Well, in addition to the five-star review and letting us know how you feel, uh, you, if you've got a suggestion for the show, if you've got uh, a local distillery that you want us to shine a little light on, some small distillery in your hometown that's just trying to break out and, and get people to notice them, we'd love to shine a light on them a little bit. Let us know who they are. You don't have to send us a bottle. We'll reach out to them. We'll get a bottle. And, uh, and we'll have them on a Monday episode. We do Every Monday, we do a short episode called Craft Distillery Monday. On Wednesdays, we do a deeper dive like we did today with Chris. We do two shows a week, like Mike said. You can always reach out to us. You can reach me on email at Jim at the Bourbon Road. He's Mike at the Bourbon Road.com. Uh, but probably the best way is to hit up our DM on Instagram, and I'm Jay Shannon 63 I'm one big chief. And we'll see you down the Bourbon Road. Mm-hmm.